Let's pray. Jesus, you are worthy of being exalted. Um, you are worthy of our singular focus and worthy um, of this preeminent, supreme place in our lives and in our church and in our hearts. And I pray today that um, we put more of you there. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Thanks, y'all can have a seat. Um, thanks, y'all. Uh, welcome, Fellowship Asheville. My name is Fred. I get to be the lead pastor here. And, and uh, whether you're joining us in person or online, uh, what I just prayed for us is what I've been praying for us uh, for today, that we will leave our time together um, more submitted to Jesus than when we came in. Right, And here's what I mean by more submitted to Jesus. I mean letting Jesus, our Savior, our Messiah, letting Him have more of the reins of our life than He does right now. That's what I've been praying for us. And how will we do this today? By talking about umbrellas, of course. So, did you notice? Anybody do the math of how many years bad luck? Good. Oh, some, some of you did. All right, all right. Jesus is, strong, is better. Trust me. Right? Uh, but, but here's the deal. You're going to see a few different types of, of umbrellas up here. Now, uh, this first one, we'll start here with a little one. This, this first one um, is one of those little portable umbrellas, you know. Um, uh, here's the deal with this umbrella. It sits in my car, uh, but it also reminds me of my grandmother. When uh, we were growing up together, this was in Sherman, Texas. Um, they lived real close to downtown. They walked everywhere, and she always carried an umbrella with her, which was unique because in summer, it never rained in Texas. But she always had an umbrella, and she would use it all the time when we would go for a walk, and she would use it. And it always amazed me because she would use it on the sunniest of days. And I realized what she was doing was just getting a portable shade, right? Because uh, the, the temperature was about 20 degrees less under that umbrella than it was outside of it. Right? This umbrella, these are kind of, the, I, I like these umbrellas. This is actually one of the umbrellas that if you're on the uh, parking team outside, this is the umbrellas that we have for you on days like today when it's kind of rainy. But I love these umbrellas because they're big enough that I can fit under, Stacy can fit under with me, like it's big enough. These are just big enough for, for like half of me, right? And let's be honest, if a wind is over like five miles an hour, that thing's not working, right? It's, 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 it's not doing its job. I love these umbrellas. But today, we, and we're going to talk about all three of these as we go, but, but, but today we're going to talk about this, this big fella up here, right? Because this is one of those umbrellas, you know, that sits in a picnic table. Um, it used to be the type of stuff that we would take to the beach and stick in the ground. Now we have these arch things that, 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 that rotate with us, which is really kind of crazy. But, but, but when you see this umbrella, what do you think of? Like for me, I think of picnics, right? I think of family gathered around a table. I think of being by the pool. I think of, of being on the beach somewhere. I think of really fun, memorable, family-type things with this umbrella, right? All good things. Now, why are we talking about umbrellas here? Because here's what we're going to see. We're going to see this. We're going to see that your umbrella matters, right? 
That's what we're going to see. If you're taking notes, write that down. It'll make sense in a little bit, right? Because here's the deal. Each umbrella up here serves a purpose, doesn't it? What would happen, though, if you used the wrong umbrella for the wrong occasion? Like, what would happen if you're sitting at a picnic table, and it's a beautiful day, but it does start to rain, and you grab this little one, right? Great for you, bummer for everybody else at the table. And good luck eating that hamburger and hot dog trying to hold an umbrella. Or, even worse, what if a storm blows up, and you're in your car, and you grab this thing, right? You're going to be like Mary Poppins before you know it. You're going to be up in the air and gone. And so using the right umbrella matters, right? Your umbrella matters. And what we're going to see today is which umbrella is the best and right umbrella. Because today we get to see this really big umbrella. And it's a big enough umbrella that everything else fits under. And here's the deal. If we have the wrong umbrella, it makes all the difference. And so today we're going to be in Mark chapter 12. And we're going to do verses 28 through 37. And, and in this section of the Gospel of Mark, as we've been going through the, the Gospel of Mark, we've been calling it Jesus according to Mark, we've seen three different sections. We've seen the first section of Mark trying to show us who Jesus is. Right, And you see, him, you see him feeding crowds. You see him doing these miracles in front of these big crowds. And then the second section of Mark was what if Jesus really is the Messiah? And you see him transitioning his ministry to, to his disciples more. And he starts explaining things to them in a little bit deeper fashion. And in this last section, you'll notice there's this shift. Because, because now we're in the section of what exactly did Jesus do? And what we've seen as we've gone through the book of Mark is Jesus is hopping around. Man, he's, he's, he's everywhere. And now all of a sudden time has slowed down. And if you read the Gospel of Mark, you'll notice that. This last section almost happens day by day. And Mark is showing us what happens between the triumphal entry... When Jesus was, was, you know, when everybody put their cloaks down and the, and the palm branches down and hailed him as king coming in to his crucifixion and resurrection. He's slowing down for this last week of Jesus' life and he's allowing us to see what Jesus did and to learn from Jesus as he heads towards his crucifixion and resurrection. And today we get to see Jesus' love the people who don't understand him even more. He, we get to see him love those who are even against him. And he's going to do this today by giving someone an invitation to use the right umbrella. Right? And so let's look at verse 28. All right, how many of y'all are like, how is he going to tie umbrellas to this? Me too. All right. So here's what he says, verse 28. And, and, and one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another and seeing that he answered them well. So let me catch you up here if, if, if you haven't been with us the past couple of weeks. What we've seen Jesus do is we've seen him have these different conversations with these different groups of people. And notice, notice up until this point, it was groups of people. We've seen Jesus talk to priests and scribes and elders. We've seen him talk to Pharisees and Herodians and Sadducees. And in all of those, he's talking to these groups of people because they want to test him. They want to trap him in his words so that they can arrest him, so that they can ultimately kill him. But here we see this one 
guy come up, all right? And he's a scribe. Now, here's what scribes were in Jesus' time, right? They were the teachers of the law. And they knew God's word backwards and forwards, right? In many ways, they were like the professors in the room, right? They were the experts on what God's word says. And so as we go through this, this account, since we don't know this, this scribe's name, we're just going to call him Professor Scribe, right? Because, because that's who they are. They, they know God's word. And this guy, this singular guy, it's not a group of scribes, it's this singular guy, he hears Jesus interacting with these priests and elders and Herodians and Pharisees and Sadducees. And he hears them, he hears Jesus interacting with them, and he knows they're trying to trap him, and he sees what Jesus does. And this guy is different from all of them because he's impressed by Jesus. Right? He, he's a professor, and he's looking at what Jesus is doing and the answers that he's given him, giving these groups of people, and he's going, man, he's good. He's really good. And he's there not to test Jesus, but he's there because he's impressed with him. Well, look at the rest of verse 28. Verse 28, And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all? All right, so, so here's this question. This, the, the scribe, this teacher of the law, comes up to Jesus and says, Okay, Jesus, you're pretty good. You might even be a star student. So with that, what, should, what do you think? What is the most important commandment of all? Now, in the Old Testament, the, the Bible that, that the scribe, Professor Scribe, knew really well, there were 613 commands in that Old Testament, in our Old Testament, right? Uh, a year, days and year, uh, 365 of those commands, of the 613, are do not commands. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. The other 248 are do commands. Do this, do this, do this. Now, here's the deal. What this guy is asking, he, when he's asking what is the greatest commandment, he's not asking which one do I need to follow so I can throw out the other 612. What he's asking is an umbrella question, right? He's asking which commandment is big enough that all the other commandments fit under it. In other words, in your opinion, Jesus, which commandment is the one that, that's the filter that all the other commandments run through? Right, So that if I don't understand this one, I can go with what I know on this one and it'll make sense of what I don't understand. Right? Have, have you ever seen an umbrella with, with lights under it? Right? Imagine 612 lights under an umbrella. And that's what this guy is asking. Because here's the deal. There's only one way that those lights light up. And that's if, oh, I hope this works. That's if, that's if I can find the on switch. There it is. All right, so that's if it has light. Y'all, there's a solar panel on the other side. And so it sat in my window all weekend. And so I don't know how long those will stay on. But they turned on, all right? So, but that's what he's asking. He's saying, which umbrella has the electricity to light up all the other commandments? Because if I get the wrong umbrella, Jesus, if you have the wrong umbrella, all the other commandments go dark. 
and they're useless. Right? Which one is big enough that all the other commandments hang under it to do their job well? Right? This is why umbrellas are important. Jesus picks the wrong one, this guy picks the wrong one, and all the other commandments are dark. They don't work. Look at verse 29. Jesus answered, The most important is, is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Right now, so what Jesus does is he takes two commandments and put them together and calls them one. Right? Because he, he, says, he says this one commandment are the commands that all the other commands fit under. That all the other 612 commands fit under are these. And, and so what he does is he takes this first command. It's called the Shema because in Hebrew the word Shema means to hear. And it's the first word of the Shema that says, hear, O Israel. He, he quoted it. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God. The Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. In other words, every part of who you are is to love this one singular God, right? And the second verse is love your neighbor as yourself. This one is from Leviticus. Now, here's the deal. Neither one of these two verses and neither one of these two verses put together is new to this scribe, right? Because faith displayed through actions is part of the core of the Hebrew faith. Right? If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Genesis 12, because I just want to show you this, show you this real quick. Um, Genesis chapter 12 is where um, Abraham is, is giving his uh, mission statement, right? It, it's given his, his marching orders from God. And y'all, this is kind of the core of the Hebrew faith, because listen to what God says to Abraham. Abraham chapter 12 verses 1 through 3 says this. It says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Abraham, through you, I'm going to bless you so that every person on earth is blessed. Right? Here's the deal. Right from the very beginning, in Genesis is the very beginning, before Deuteronomy, which is where the Shema is, before Leviticus, where there is the command to love your neighbor, from the very beginning, God speaks to Abraham, who the Jewish, who the Jewish um, um, nation considered to be their father. Like everything came down through Abraham to this, to this very person. He looks at God, looks at Abraham and says, leave your country, which was full of gods. Leave your multiple gods and follow me, this one God, to the place that I will show you. Right? And I will bless you so that you can bless others. 
See, this idea of being blessed by God, being in this relationship with God so that we can, so that we can, we can be, as, as, as Jenna said, so that we can go through the ups and downs and, and, and mountaintops and, and valleys of life with God, experiencing all that it means to be human with God so that we can invite others into that. Right? So that we can be blessed and bless others. That is part and the core and the DNA of the Hebrew faith. It's not new to, to the scribe. It wasn't new to, to ancient Israel. And I'll be honest, this idea of being blessed so we can bless others isn't even new to us as a church. Right? Y'all have heard me talk about this. You've seen this, this triangle up here, right? You've seen that you've heard us talk about as, as a church, we these are our values. We want to be with Jesus, we want to be in God's word, and we want to be for others. We are blessed so that we can be a blessing. And Amy's gonna tell us some 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 ways that we've done that at the at the end of the message today. But 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 last week we talked about the in God's word part, and this week we get to see Jesus walk this scribe through taking this idea of being blessed and blessing others as the core of who Jesus is. It's the core of who God is, right? It's the core of this Hebrew faith. It's not new to the scribe. Well, look at, go back and look at verse 30, 32, and let's see what, 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 how the scribe responds to this, because this is interesting. In verse 32, it says, And the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher, You have truly said that he is one and there is no other besides him. And to love him with all your heart and with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love one neighbor as yourself is much more than all the, the, much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. In other words, Jesus, gold star man, good job. You got the answer right. Now, as you go through this text, and you've, you've seen Jesus interact with the Pharisees and, 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 the, and, the, and the Herodians and the Sadducees and the priests and the elders, like, like you get to this point and you're like, finally, somebody agrees with Jesus, right? And there's this, this sense of relief that, that Professor Scribe said Jesus got the right answer. Like any of you, have any of you been in class or in a learning environment, and your teacher says, that's right. Ooh, that feels good, doesn't it? It feels good to have the professor say, you got the right answer. But what's interesting is look at what Jesus says in response to this professor scribe. Verse 34, and when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared ask him any more questions. So, so here's, what, here's what happens. This professor says, ah, oh, Jesus, good job. Star student, you got it right. right? The word teacher means, means rabbi, and he says, yep, that's, that's right. You're in this tribe with me. We understand the, the laws of God, don't we? And what Jesus does is he says, yeah, thank you. You're close to the kingdom of God, but not in. Now, why would Jesus respond in such a way, right? And and why would the crowd 
respond to Jesus' response in a way to not ask him any more questions. Because here's why. In agreeing with Jesus, this professor scribe is close to the kingdom of God, but not in the kingdom of God. Remember when I said your umbrella matters, right? See, this guy had the wrong umbrella, and unfortunately, he thinks he has the right one. Because Professor Scribe thinks he's the professor that can judge Jesus' teaching. He thinks he's the professor, and Jesus is the star student now. Jesus is the next teacher in line, but he's still the professor, right? He thinks that if they agree with each other, then they're good. But y'all, listen, Jesus wants something better for him, right? Jesus wants something better than agreement. Because here's the deal, y'all. The kingdom of God doesn't belong to those who agree with Jesus. The kingdom of God belongs to those who submit to Jesus. And there is a vast difference. Because we can agree with Jesus all day long and not let him have the reins of our life. You see, this guy agrees with Jesus' statement about God's command. And he thinks that's the big umbrella. But Professor Scribe, right, ultimately thinks he's the big umbrella. He thinks he's the big umbrella and Jesus is the next umbrella under him. He thinks Jesus' teaching should fit under his teaching. Right? He's saying that Jesus is right because he's got the role of the professor. Jesus is playing the role of the student. Star student, but still the student. The problem with this guy is he's got his umbrellas all mixed up. But Jesus turns it around, and when he says you are close but not in the kingdom, what Jesus is doing is he is saying, and by the way, I know who's in the kingdom of God and who's not. You think you're the professor, but I know who's in the kingdom of God, and who's not. And you don't. And what Jesus is doing is is, is showing him in a loving way that that he would understand that Jesus is saying he's actually the professor. Now, even better, like he's the principal, right? He's the superintendent. I don't know if it gets any higher than that in the school system, right? But Jesus is saying he's the big umbrella, and Professor Scribe is one of the smaller umbrellas under him because the big umbrella knows who's in the kingdom of God and knows who's not in the kingdom of God. And in coming under Jesus' rule and authority, that's when all the other commands light up. What Jesus is doing is saying, yes, the greatest commands are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And these are actually the small umbrellas under Jesus, the big umbrella, is what he's saying. And when Jesus is the big umbrella, all the other commands light up. Now, Jesus illustrates this point in a way that they understood. It takes us just a minute. Hopefully, we'll understand it now. Because then Jesus says this. And as Jesus taught in the temple, he said, How can the scribes say that the Christ is the son of David? David himself and the Holy Spirit declared, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. And David calls himself Lord. So how is he his son? 
And the great throng heard him gladly. So here's what Jesus does. is He illustrates this point of this big umbrella, right? Even though this can be confusing for us. Because, I mean, like, it seems like a natural transition, doesn't it? To go from talking about, you know, you're close to the kingdom of God to, hey, let's talk about Psalm 110. Right? But here's the deal. David wrote Psalm 110. And in Psalm, Psalm 110, what David does is he sees this, this vision of the Messiah. And it's understood that, the, that the, the Messiah will be in the line of David, that he will be an heir of David. Right? But here's what David understands. David understands that even though the Messiah, even though the Savior, even though Jesus will be in his line, David understands that his descendant isn't under his authority, that David is under his Messiah's authority. Which is why when he looks to the future and he sees prophetically, if David thought he was the big umbrella, he would have said something along the lines like, my Lord said to my descendant. Right? He would have said, God spoke to my, to my lineage and said this. But instead, he says, he says, the Lord spoke to my Lord. And David is saying, God spoke to the Messiah whose rule and authority I am under. He's not under mine, I am under his. I am a little umbrella under the Messiah's big umbrella is what David said. And David's point was that he knew the Messiah was the umbrella to be under. He knew that he was the big one. And, and he knew, right, that even though this person would be his descendant, David would be under his authority. David knew that it was his job to rest under the shade of the Messiah, not the other way around. And so the question that Jesus poses to the scribes is that if David understood that the Messiah was the big umbrella, do you? And so our question is this for today, right? Is Jesus our big umbrella? Is Jesus the big umbrella for this church? Is Jesus the big umbrella for your life? Is he the one that runs all of your valley tops, I mean your mountaintops and valley lows through? Right? Is he the one that defines what grace and mercy is to you and to those around you? Is he the one that helps you love your neighbor? Right? Because here's the deal. I would imagine in our lives, because I know this is true in mine, we all have umbrellas which we think are bigger than they actually are. But there's only one umbrella. Here's how you know. There's only one umbrella that truly gives us peace. And I mean peace for the long haul. Not just peace for the evening, not just peace for the day, but peace for the rest of our lives. You see, here's some common umbrellas which we think are bigger than they actually are, is perfection. Right? Here's what perfection says. When perfection is the big umbrella, perfection says, if my world is right, I can have peace. Now, I love a clean house. I love a clean desk, right? I do feel more at peace when things are clean, amen? All the messages are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. 
I feel more peace when things are spread out and all that stuff. I don't understand you, and that's okay. Right? But here's the deal. If the problem with making that my big umbrella is that my world will never be right. Because what happens when you clean your house? It gets dirty. No matter how many 24-hour rules you set in place, it still gets dirty. Right? That's a little umbrella. How about if my desk is perfect, I can have peace. That's a little more manageable, but not the world. Colossians 1.17 says, In Jesus all things hold together. You see, under Jesus there is peace. What about righteousness? Righteousness is, a, is, is, a, is, is, a, is, is this horrible big umbrella because, because here's what righteousness says. Righteousness says, if I'm good enough to please God, then I can rest. Now, here's the problem. This can't ever actually even be an umbrella because you can never be good enough. Jesus has already done that for you. That in Jesus, when, when, when God sees us, he smiles. That's because of Jesus, not because of us. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Under Jesus, there is rest. And then another thing that becomes a big umbrella a lot is our work, right? If I do enough, if I do enough for God, if I do enough in my job, then I can enjoy time with God, right? If I check all the Christian boxes, then I can rest in my relationship with God. If I do the work, I get the reward. Here's the deal, y'all. Jesus did the work for us. That's why he's the big umbrella, Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And that doesn't just mean life later. It means life right now. That's, eternity is like ongoing. right? In Jesus, we get to enter into that life and be, be fully human. The creation that he created in the garden, we get to be fully human in Jesus. And we get to experience Life with God. You see, under Jesus, there's peace. So let me ask you, where do you need Jesus to be your big umbrella today? Do you need to maybe submit your life to him, right? Maybe you've been uh, doing things your own way. Maybe you've been doing things in your own power and you're just tired, right? Maybe you've been trying to clean up your life, but at the end of the day, you still feel dirty. Well, then I dare you to invite Jesus into your life. And I challenge you to let Jesus have full reign of your life, whatever that means, because like the songs we sang, He is good. He is good. I invite you to let Jesus be your big umbrella. Maybe pray that. He knows what you're talking about. Right? Church, here's the deal. We all need Jesus to be our big umbrella. And our perfection, and our righteousness, and our effort, 
like, and all three of those, they're, they're mine. I don't know what your list is, but those are my three things that I can make really big umbrellas. And I am still learning. Jesus is still lovingly pointing out to me when I make those things a bigger umbrella than they need to be, when I let those things be bigger than him. And he is good, and he is gracious, gracious and he is patient. Amen? Amen. And so where's the place in our lives where the shade has stopped working? Because that's where we need Jesus. Let's pray. Let's pray. Jesus, yeah, we do need you. We need, we need your shade in our life because all other shade eventually fades away. And Jesus, I pray that you would be the big umbrella in our life, that you would be the person who speaks to our souls and lovingly changes us and convicts us and encourages us, and that you would do that. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amy, come on up. Hey, if I haven't met you yet, I'm Amy Hinch, and I get to be the Connections Director here at Fellowship. And part of that is connecting you guys to the church, but another part of that is connecting the church to the community and the world. Um, so once a month or so, I will come up here and give a monthly update or so on what God is doing in and through you guys. So that's what I want to do today. Um, so over Christmas, you guys gave out over 35 gifts to kids who needed gifts for Christmas morning. Um, we gave tents to our homeless friends who live on our porch. Um, but just recently, this last week, I want to share a little story about what God did in and through your gifts. Um, so I pulled into work. I'd had a puny morning. We'll just put that morning that way. I'm sure many of you have that, especially if you have teenagers or kids in the home. It's hard to get everyone up and out the door. But I just had a morning. So I got here at work, and, you know, there's a ton going on that I could have come into and just, like, let's get that checklist done. But the Lord just said, Amy, just sit with me for a minute. Um, so I sat in my car in the parking lot, just stared at the playground, just stared at the parking lot, you know, just started dreaming with Jesus about what um, some future plans are. And the next thing I know kind of almost scared me because I wasn't really paying attention. One of our friends who we've been helping for multiple years uh, through the pandemic and so on, um, just pulled in the parking lot, honked the horn at me. and was like, hey, hey, Amy, um, I really hate to ask, but we are down our luck and we could really use some food. Do you have any in your pantry today? Um, and a good thing was that we didn't that day. And I say good because we put the food that was in the pantry downstairs up in our community food pantry. Um, because last week and it snowed or was supposed to snow or, you know. So just kind of preparing for that. And I said, you know, sir, we don't have any today. But what I do have is I have time. Um, my meetings got canceled for that morning. And I said, is your wife home? Um, and, you know, obviously I'm not saying names because I want to honor that. But I'm like, is she home? Can I take her grocery shopping? She's like, yeah, she's actually off from work this morning. Um, she would love to go grocery shopping with you. So God just continued to open those doors of time and resources. Um, so that morning we were able to go to the grocery shopping and just hang out. Um, and all of that is done through multiple things. Um, a big part of that is because we as a church say yes to Jesus. Um, we say yes to his commands of loving your neighbor. So even part of our budget is 20% of our budget goes out to the community, out into the world. 20% of our budget is for missions. Um, and you guys give faithfully to that. So through your gifts, you were able to provide some groceries that they really needed in this tough month. Um, 
and I know that's just one story, but it meant the world to them. Um, they're like, you know, anytime I need something, this church always says yes. And that's not something you find everywhere. And, you know, I'm like, guys, we're friends, we're family. Anytime you need something, whatever it might be, whether it's food, whether it's just to sit and pray, we're here for you. And they know that about Fellowship Asheville. So not all of you hear those stories, but I want you to know you're part of that. Um, so thanks so much for being Jesus to our neighbors um, through giving to the food pantry, through putting items out in the community food pantry that's right in that front parking lot, um, through the many of you who know the exact family I'm talking about because you're on our delivery team. So guys, just thanks for all you're doing. It's really making a difference of your gifts and your time and your presence um, to those in this community because they know that Fellowship Ashels loves Jesus and they know that we are for them. Um, so that's the story I have today. If you have questions about how to get involved, let me know. Um, but this is not a missions push. This is more of a this is what Jesus is doing. It's not a pat on the back. It's just us submitting to him um, and going and being where he wants us to be.